Amen. Thank you for your giving. We appreciate all that you do. Somebody say, I am appreciated because you are. So we thank you for your giving. Now, if I'm not mistaken, I think I see one of our online faithful people here in the building with us. And so let me say hi to you. Yeah. And let me say hi to you. I see some another another one back there. I see some of the, the people that are normally online. I see them in the building. So it's so good to have y'all in the building. And those of you who are online, if you've never been to Indiana, never been to Muncie, ain't nothing going on but us. <laughs> I'm just joking. We got a good city. So it's so good to have you in the building. And for those who always come in the building, we appreciate you. Amen. Let us uh, bow our heads again and pray as we transition into the word of God. Dear gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you and praise you, God, love you and honor you, appreciate you, God. And God, I ask that you would just give me preaching power, preaching anointing, give me revelation. God, strengthen me as I deliver the word. Hide me beneath the cross, God. Thank you that revelation knowledge will flow freely, unhindered, unchecked, and uninterrupted by any satanic or demonic forces. And the people's coming will not be in vain. And the people's watching will not be in vain. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. I'm going to put you guys to work again. Let's grab our Bibles or whatever you connect with the word of God with. And you can lift it up. You can hold it. You can just look on the screen, but say it this way. This is my Bible. I am what it says I am. I can do what it says I can do. I will have what it says I will have. I'm a part of Deliverance Temple. Where we love by living our vision every day. We connect with our creator continually. We confess our deliverance consistently. We commit to serve creatively. We communicate Christ's love compassionately. Father God, feed me this word. Come on, put your hands together one more time. Amen. I said put your hands together one more time, but throughout the message, if you want to put your hands together, you're more than welcome to do what you want to do to help me preach. So we're going to score. Uh, first of all, I do need to let you know my, my wife and my oldest son, they are out of town, and so they will be coming back. We're praying that they'll have traveling mercy, so that's not why they're not here. And uh, my my daughter, she decided she won't be with her other grandma. She ain't, I ain't seen her all weekend. She didn't. She just done kicked me to the curb. So that's why they're not there. But we're gonna do what we got. We we have to do. So today's message, would you flash the title up? It's called the last laugh. The last laugh. And you can just repeat it with me. Say the last laugh. The last laugh. So there is a. Uh, old saying, and, and when you look it up, it, it's around the, the 1500s when that saying uh, come to be. And I'm going to put the saying up, and it just simply says this this way, and this is where that phrase come from. He who laughs last, laughs loudest. He who laughs last, laughs loudest. So that's where the phrase, the last laugh, comes from. He who laughs Laughs last actually laughs loudest. And so we're going to put our first point up. And this is our major point, And it is our only point for the day. And it is God 
is about to change your laugh. Say that with me. Say, God is about to change your laugh. So I only have one major point, and that's it. You don't have to say it again. I'm going to say it one more time. God is about to change your laugh. Now, even though I said I only have one point, I got a couple sub points. So don't get too excited. I'm still going to take my time this morning. But I'm moving in a way because I believe it's going to help us as we get in the direction that I'm headed. So I'm going to give you another thing, and then we're going to kind of start picking up a little bit. So the first thing I'm going to do to help us get to that point that God is about to change your laugh, the first thing I need you to understand that if God is changing it, he's changing it from what it was to what he needs it to be. So because of that, we're going to put this up, then we need to do some comparing of laughs because not all laughs are equal. Not all laughs are the same. And in order to do that, I want to put this point up, or it's not even a point, but just something to help us as I move along. So I have something, first laugh versus last laugh. So there's there's a difference between your first laugh and your last laugh. In order to do that, I'm going to give us two synonyms, and then I'll be able to kind of uh, get into the Word of God and teach. So let me give us these synonyms. So first laugh synonyms, dismiss, make a joke of, make light of, refuse to acknowledge, overlook, turn a blind eye to, discount, ignore, disregard, shrug off, brush aside, scoff at. So this first laugh that we're talking about doesn't seem to be a laugh that comes from joy. Whenever we think of laugh or laughter or laughing, it's usually connected with joy. But in this case, it's more connected to sarcasm and not the sarcasm that is funny. Now, I'm a very sarcastic person. I like sarcastic humor. My son, Dylan, is as sarcastic as they come. He can tell you something straight face and have you busted up laughing because he's very sarcastic and witty. We're not talking about that kind of sarcasm. We're talking about the laugh that comes when you're jaded. And what I mean by jaded is when it's been so long since you had a breakthrough or had something positive that your laugh is a laugh of laughing it off. In other words, have you ever met someone whose self-esteem is so low that you try to compliment them and you try to pick them up or you try to encourage them? Let me give you the example that since I'm a pastor and I'm a married pastor, that when I compliment women, I try to compliment them in a way that seems encouraging but doesn't seem like I'm flirting with them. So I may say something, girl, you look so good today. You probably got 17 boyfriends expecting them to laugh. But when it's been so long since they had a good man that my little joke goes right over their head and they chuckle, but they don't really laugh because they're so jaded with life that their first laugh is really a laugh of pain. Their first laugh is a laugh of, I know you believe that, Pastor, but it don't work for me. And I'm here to tell you that 
as Christians, sometimes we all have the first laugh. In other words, when we come here on Sunday morning, people raise their hands and they, they, they look good and they smile and they say they're happy to see you and I'm happy to see you. But the truth of the matter, many times our week has been so rough. And not just our week, but our month has been so rough. And not just our month, but our year has been so rough. And not just our week, month, and year, but our life, our life has been so rough that we don't even know how to laugh when we should laugh. Because joy has been stripped from our everyday struggle. Anybody ever heard people say, I'm in the struggle? Because life can be difficult. And especially this life of faith where you're trying to believe for greater things, but the greater things keep showing up as smaller things. You're trying to believe for positive things, but the negative pops up more than the positive. So when you laugh, you don't laugh out of joy. You laugh out of when will it all be over? Some, some people, the only reason why they don't commit suicide is because they don't like pain and they really don't know how they would pull it off. But if you really drill down deep enough, they really believe I'd be better off gone. I, I'd do it if it wasn't for my kids. I'd do it. If it wasn't for my spouse, I'd do it if it wasn't for my pastor. Because I play the game in front of everybody, but when it's my turn to laugh, I can't laugh because it hurts too bad. And my problem as a pastor, I can't preach away all the hurt. Because tomorrow, a loved one can still die. Tomorrow, your addiction can still rise up. Tomorrow, depression can hit you out of nowhere. Tomorrow, your kids might act crazy. Tomorrow, your boyfriend may walk out on you. Tomorrow, the government may do something that's messing you up. Sometimes you want to believe for the best, and at the beginning of the year, you believe it's going to be your year. Jesus, by May, when will this year be over? I want to laugh, but I can't laugh. Let, let, let me give you an example just right now in my, my own life. Um, uh, I'm doing okay financially. Somebody say okay. okay. I ain't, I'm not doing bad. I thank God for it. I thank God for everything that God has done. But the IRS owes me $8,000 that hasn't come. That I thought was going to come in March. Thought it was going to come in April. Thought it was going to come in May. Thought it was going to come in June. And here we are July and I ain't got nothing. But that's that's not chump change. It may be chump change to y'all. But that, that, that's a nice amount. And there's some stuff that I need to do, that I want to do, but Uncle Sam is taking his sweet old time. So when I talk about God prospering you, I got to go home knowing somebody owed me 8000 Here's the thing. If I owed them 8000 I'd be in jail. But they owe me, and the best thing they can tell me is, wait, I, I, I actually got 
a breakthrough and got a hold of H&R Block. And H&R Block gave me a secret line to get to the IRS. And I finally, after three months, got a real voice. Not an automated voice. I got a real voice. Whoa, thank God. I finally got a real voice. And guess what the real voice told me? Call back in 16 weeks. That's another four months. So here's the thing. I don't know when it's going to come. I don't know if it's going to show up this year. It's good to know it's there, but I don't know when it's going to come. And so because of that, I can't move all the way like I want to move because I got stuff. Now, 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 I'm not talking about stuff that belonged to them. No, it was my money to begin with. And they supposed to be giving me back my money, and I can't do what I want to do because somebody is controlling my money. But guess what I can't stop doing? I can't stop living along the way. Because if I give up, I'll never get to the 8,000. So I got to keep pressing ahead. But guess what I've also learned? I still got a roof over my head. Still got clothes on my back. Still got food in my belly. And if I pull this tight off suit off, you say, yeah, you got a belly, brother. You got, I got food. In. So God is still taking care of me. So I got to learn how to laugh even when things are uncertain. I, I drive 45 miles one way. And the last time gas was this high, I was driving to Indianapolis. But the difference was we had a three-team carpool. So it didn't hurt so bad because you got to switch every day. But now I'm driving this every day by myself. So when I see the gas prices, I could cry, but I also could laugh. Because it ain't going to change overnight, so ain't no need me getting in the tizzy over it. I'm just going to learn how to thank God. And guess what? I did something I never thought I would do. The other day, I seen gas at $4.99 and said, thank you, Lord. Because it was $5.30 and it dropped to $4.99. I never thought I would praise God for $4.99. But anything in the positive direction is worth a praise. Your wife may be no good, may have treated you no good, and always been no good, and you still fighting it out, still struggling, and one day she puts a burnt biscuit on your bed. Go ahead and praise God, because things might be turning around. It ain't what you need it to be, it ain't what you want it to be, but it might be a glimpse that things are going to turn in your favor. I'm here to let you know God is about to change your life. All right, let's let, let, let's go to last laugh. So that was the first last first laugh. Let's look at last laugh. Last laugh synonyms: amusement, entertainment, humor, mirth, merriment, glee, festivity, lightheartedness, fun, enjoyment, pleasure, delight, and joy. Now, now this is a different type of laugh. Then the first laugh, this laugh is connected to some joy. And so what I'm trying to prove to you, and I'll go ahead and tell you where I'm going, God is about to change your laugh from the first laugh to the last laugh. In other words, you can't really smile because you're in so much pain, but when God gets ready to change it and turn it around, you are going to be able to laugh not out of faith. You're going to be able to laugh out of joy. All right, in order to do that now, this gets us to the meat of where we're going. Genesis 18 
and 21, New International Version. We're going to do several verses in 18, and then we're going to skip ahead to chapter 21. So let's start off with Genesis 20, Genesis 18 and 1. The Lord appeared to Abraham near the great trees of Mamre, while he was sitting at the entrance to his tent in the heat of the day. In the heat of the day. That's another thing I need to point out, and this is just me grabbing it from that, that, uh, that inference is that many of us are in the heat of the day. We, 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 we're in this situation where things are hottest. It, get, let me just put it to, to you this way. 20, 21, and 22 would have been hard on our own without adding a pandemic to it. Without adding all we've gone through. Sometimes we don't realize the emotional and mental stress We've gone under as a globe in the last few years. It's just, it's, we're in the heat of the day. But the Bible says the Lord showed up. I want you to put the verse back up for me and uh, uh, make, make it transparent because I want to point out the things. It, it says the Lord, the L-O-R-D, and it's capitalized. So normally when you see in Scripture, when you see the Lord, L-O-R-D, not capitalized, it just means someone in a high-ranking authority, someone is a master. But when you see L-O-R-D, everything capitalized, that is talking about Yahweh. That is talking about God himself. So the Lord came, and he came in the heat of the day. Now, some of y'all old folks, they used to watch the heat of the night. Y'all, y'all like that show, <laughs> the heat of the night. So God is going to show up, but he might not show up. To the heat of the day. To the heat of the night. And so, if God hasn't showed up for you yet, it might not be hot enough yet. But I guarantee you, when it gets hot enough, it's something about fire that brings God to attention on your behalf. Oh, I, I, I got to slow myself down, but I feel a preach right there. If I was going ahead to preach right there, I would talk about the three Hebrew boys who was in the middle of the fire yeah. and God stepped into the fire because God is attracted to fire so if stuff is hot in your life God is on the way because sometimes he comes in the heat of the day all right let's look at verse two Abraham looked up and saw three men standing nearby when he saw them he hurried from the entrance of his tent to meet them and bowed low to the ground. This is so theologically and doctrinally amazing that I don't have time to get into it. But it says the Lord, L-O-R-D. And then the next verse says he saw three men. How do we go from the Lord to three men? And so what most scholars believe, this is a theophany. Which means it is one of the first times that we see God's steps into human form in a way that can be actually seen. And he stepped as three men, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. And so here Abraham was in the heat of the day. Let me explain to you what was going on in Abraham's life. Abraham had a promise a long time ago. And by the time we get to this place, he had been waiting for 25 years. Some of us get an attitude in 25 minutes. But he was waiting for 25 years for a promise that God told him. And not only that, he had already stepped out in faith 
over the promise. God told him to leave his family, leave his country, and to go to a place that I will show you and told him to look up into the stars. He said, I will make you like the stars in the sky. He told him to look at the sand. I will make you like the sand. But 25 years later, he still don't have one child. God will promise you stuff and you get excited about what he promised you, but by the 25th year, you get a little jaded. See, see what many don't understand because I look so young. But in November of this year, I will be celebrating 25 years of ministry. Not last week, I was 11 years of pastoral ministry, but 25 years of ministry altogether. In my phone, I'll just pull my phone up. I use my notes. I have in my notes, I have what I call seed expectations and assignments. I have three things written down that I'm looking for God to do. And guess what? There's some stuff that hasn't been done in 25 years. I'm still waiting on God to do. I told God this. If you're not going to do it, stop telling me you're going to do it. Stop making me feel like you're going to do it if you're not going to do it. If you ain't going to fix me, fix it, leave me alone. Now, I know, know y'all never get that real with God, but I done got that real with God. Listen, if this ain't what you're trying to do, just, just leave me alone. I don't have to pastor. I can do something else. I love people, but I don't love y'all that much. I can do something else with my time. I could... Waiting for God to do it, but he don't do it. We, we, we had this confession, every seat filled. Been talking about every seat filled. I've been pastoring for 11 years and still haven't seen every seat filled. And the only time I saw every seat filled was in a funeral. So I'm like, God, when you gonna do it? But guess what? That's why he's God and I'm not. Amen. He does not exist in time, but I do. So one thing I got to do, I either got to put up or shut up. And I've learned because he's God, I need to shut up. Because the last time I checked, I was still breathing his breath. Yeah. The last time I checked, I still had the activity of my mind. And it was him that gave me the thought to think. So I better just decide, God, any way you bless me, I'll be satisfied. But in the process, it gets hard. There's some stuff that God promised me that I just assumed that my daddy would get to see me do it. But somehow my daddy is gone and I'm like, he's not going to get to see me do it. And God said, yeah, he is going to get to see you do it. He's just going to see it from a different side. But that don't mean it makes me feel good all the time. Sometimes my laugh hurts. Yeah. But God about to change your laugh. Let's, let's look at the next verse, verse 3. He said, if I have found favor in your eyes, my Lord, do not pass your servant by. Now, this, this Lord is not capitalized. So, it seems to suggest that Abraham didn't quite know he was encountering the Lord on high because sometimes God shows up in ways that doesn't look like you think he would show up. Sometimes the scripture says, be careful how you handle people because you could be entertaining angels unaware. Sometimes God has things around you. That's why you have to be careful even when you're going through. You got to be careful of your attitude. Because somebody said your attitude determines your altitude. 
And while you was fussing and cussing and complaining and throwing stuff and couldn't nobody watch you, you didn't know the angels was going back telling God he ain't ready yet. Yeah, he preached a good game, but he act a fool when he don't get his way. Sometimes you, you got to learn how to just wait. Hallelujah. Guess what? I hate that word. If I leave here and I go to a restaurant in Muncie and they say it's a two-hour wait, I'm not staying. Ain't no food in Muncie worth two hours to me. But it's also because I don't like to wait. And, you know, I'm saved and I love folk. But let me just say that if I sit down and I see a whole bunch of white people getting their food, automatically in my mind I'm thinking this is a racist place. I, I'm, I'm gone. Sometimes I just got to chill out and realize maybe they came in front of you. But we don't like to wait. But guess what? In this life, you're going to have to wait. And sometimes you got to wait for stuff that God promised. Now, if I'm waiting for stuff that I tried to do, I don't mind that because I, I tried to do it. I did, my, I did my own thing. But when I'm waiting on stuff that you promised, it don't feel that good. But look, look at this. This is where we're going to get our subpoints at. Let me get the moving. Let's look at subpoint A. That's the way, way I trick you. Say so I only got one point, then I keep bringing other points in. Actually, if you allow me, let's see, if you allow me to preach for another 20 minutes, we just raise your hand. 20, 40, 60, 80, 100. Oh, yeah, we good. We good. We real good. About four o'clock. We should be done by four o'clock. <laughs> All right, no, no, seriously. seriously. Sub point A. While waiting long for a promise, I ain't talking about you people who just prayed yesterday and it ain't come. I'm talking about us who've been waiting a long time. While waiting long for a promise, you can't lose your sense of honor. See, when you have a good attitude, you will still honor people. So, so Abram sees these people. He doesn't quite know who they are, but he addresses them as Lord and he bows down because he understands how to give honor where honor is due. Now, I may not have voted for them, but if they're in office, I'm going to honor them. Even if I didn't vote for them because they have a office that deserves some respect and some honor. Now, I understand how police can sometimes do wrong, and I've been in meetings with the chief of police, the chief of Ball State Police, the sheriff police, and I've been able to uh, speak to them, speak truth to power, and tell them where they're wrong. But let's talk about where we are wrong. They still have a certain level of respect. Now, I, I know, and I, I've told them, when you come and approach a car, you don't bang license and registration and start yelling at people. You treat people with respect. But sometimes they treat us with respect, and we just get to popping off and yelling and getting an attitude. Learn how to respect people who are in authority. Amen. I'm not preaching to some of y'all old folk because we were trained that, but this right. new generation, they think entirely different. They, 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 they move at the beat of another drum. And sometimes that drum is they lost as a ball in high weeds. They, these are some of the craziest young folk you ever meet in your life. Now, my, 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 my son Draylon is not here, so I, I normally won't pick on people who aren't here. But he said he might be watching online, so I'm going to go ahead and pick on him. He, he will wear a hoodie and shorts in the summertime. I'm like, pick a struggle, brother. Either you hot or you cold. 
But he ain't the only one. We got young folk. They run out here with full hoodies, and it's 85, 90 degree weather. Sweating. They, they're not all together right up here. And I, of course, I'm, I'm just joking. We got some good young people. But sometimes this generation doesn't learn how to honor those who are in authority. And sometimes it's, it's because the people in authority have made such a mistake. But we were trained that you honor the office. So Abraham, even though he was waiting long, he didn't lose his sense of honor. All right, let's continue to read verse 4. Let a little water be brought, and then you may all wash your feet and rest under this tree. Verse 5. Let me get you something to eat so you can be refreshed and then go on your way. Now that you have come to your servant, very well. They answered, do as you say. So they were passing by and he implored them, no, stop, stay with me. That's what they did in those days is that, that they, were, they would show kindness to the stranger. So let's look at subpoint B. While waiting long for a promise, you can't lose your kindness, hospitality, or generosity. I'll say it again. While waiting long for a promise, you can't lose your kindness, your hospitality, or your generosity. Learn how to still be kind even when your own life is struggling. Learn how to be hospitable and generous even when you don't have a lot. Because it shows something about where you're going. Because generous people won't stay down for long. Kind people won't stay down for long. Hospitable people won't stay down for long. And I implore you, don't allow the situations of your life to rob you of your kindness. Still smile. Still hold the door open for somebody. Still say thank you and please and you're welcome. It's okay. I know you're going through stuff, but you don't have to lose your manners just because you're going through stuff. Have you ever gone to the fast food place and they act like they mad you showed up? I mean, I thought you get paid for me to give you money to order something and you mad at me. What else you want? Give me a... Do you got anything else? Well, let me have a hamburger and a fries. What else? Do you want to supersize or not? Well, Jesus. But people who are jaded on the inside... They end up being jaded on the outside. They say hurt people will hurt people. So even though you're hurting inside, I want to beg of you to still be kind, still be hospitable, and still be generous. Because here's the thing, if God turns it around, all the people you stepped on along the way, they won't forget it. So be kind to people. And another reason, you never know if you're entertaining angels unaware, which in this case, Abraham was doing, but not just that. He was actually entertaining the Lord. All right, let's, let's move on. Let's go to verse 6. So Abraham hurried into the tent to Sarah. Quick, he said, get three sheaves of the finest flour and knead it and bake some bread. All right, so I, I, in that verse, I see hurried and quick. Let's go to the next verse. Then he ran to the herd and selected a choice, tender calf, and gave it to a servant who hurried to prepare it. So he hurried quick, then he ran, and then his servant hurried and prepared it. So here is subpoint number C, or letter C. While waiting long for a promise, you can't lose your sense of urgency. 
Here's the thing that I think we need to learn the lesson the most because from my vantage point, most of y'all are pretty kind, hospitable, and generous. But when you've been waiting for things to happen, especially waiting for God to do, or let, 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 let's say you, you've been single a long time, waiting for a man and things get close and then it falls apart, boy, that, that, that can break you down on the inside. But Abraham still had a sense of urgency. What normally happens when you have been jaded and you've been struggling, what normally happens is a sense of lethargy sets in, a sense of laziness. There is no urgency. Hey, hey, they're they're starting to hire folk. Yeah, okay. Because the last four times I put in an application, I got passed over. But guess what? You won't get a job if you don't put another one in. So you still need a sense of urgency. And don't allow the pain of life to rob your sense of urgency. So here Abraham has been waiting 25 years for God to do something not that Abraham thought of, but that God thought of. And the moment he saw some strangers, he was hospitable, he honored them, but then he started moving quickly. He had a sense of urgency because here's the thing, it just might be, this is my day. It just might be, this is my moment. It just might be, this is my breakthrough. So you rush, you hurry. And one thing, if you ever listen to anybody who is on top right now, you listen to the stories, what they did, the the Jamie Foxes, the the Oprah Winfrey's, the Denzel Washington, the Matthew McConaughey's, the, the, the Tom Cruises. They had several no's on the way to superstardom, but that one time the opportunity opened up, they didn't slow down. They ran. They ran. They took a chance. Ja- Jamie Foxx, whose actual name is Eric Bishop, he was... Uh, he's known as Jamie Foxx, and he's known as Jamie Foxx only because he had a sense of urgency. So he was going to L.A. to the comedy store, and he was doing comedy. And he did comedy, and he blew up the room, and they had a standing ovation. And so he comes back the next week, and he couldn't get on. Come back the next week, he couldn't get on. Come back the third week, he couldn't get on. He couldn't figure out what was going on. Well, come to find out that other comics who found out how good he was was taking his name off the list. So he goes to another comedy place from, not, I think Santa Monica, just a little bit away from L.A. And he noticed that the way they did it, they had to have a man, a man, and then a girl. A man, a man, and then a girl. So what he did, instead of writing Eric Bishop, he chose a unisex name, Jamie Foxx, because Jamie could be a boy or a girl. Now, he had a bunch of no's, but the moment he had a chance, he had a sense of urgency. I know what to do. I'm going to write something down. And now he's known as Jamie Foxx all over the world because he didn't take a no and stay with a no. He had a sense of urgency. I can do something that can make a difference. And so he said the comedy promoter was looking and said, we're going to start off uh, with... uh, Jamie Foxx. Is Jamie there? He raised his hand. The man was looking like, oh, you Jamie? Because the man was looking for a girl, but he knew how to get under the system and do what he needed to do. I don't know what opportunity you're waiting on, but if you stay lazy, you ain't going to get nothing. 
as the country folk would say, you get Nathan. You, you ain't going to get nothing. So you still can't lose your sense of urgency. And I know it's hard when doors have been slammed in your face and you've tried and tried and tried and nothing works. You still need to move fast when the opportunity opens up. And sometimes you can run fast and somebody can still get in front of you. Guess what you do the next time? You run fast again. Never get lulled to being stuck. You are not stuck. God is on your side. But be willing to move with a sense of urgency. Let's move on to 18 and 8. He then brought some curds and milk and the calf that had been prepared and set these before them. While they ate, he stood near them under a tree. Now, I, I couldn't figure out what this means. So I, I, in my next sub point, I picked out two things. So let's do uh, letter D. While waiting long for a promise, you can't lose your sense of anticipation or service. So he, he, he hurried up and got them food and fed them. And the Bible says he stood by the tree and watched them. So I don't know if he was standing there so he could serve them better. Or if he was standing there in anticipation. So I'm going to say both to you. When you're waiting long, don't lose your sense of anticipation. And don't lose your sense of service. You still need to serve when you're hurting. You still need to anticipate when you're hurting. You, 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 you cannot die there. Now I know if they say it's not over to the fat lady sings and she's in the back warming up. But I don't care if she's warming up. You still got a chance. So still anticipate and still serve and still be kind and still have honor and still have urgency. Because what I'm trying to prove to you that God is about to change your life. All right, let's let's keep on moving. This is going to get us for a little while. Read Genesis 18 and 9. Where's your wife, Sarah? They asked him there in the tent, he said. Continue. Then one of them said, I will surely return to you about this time next year. And Sarah, your wife, will have a son. Now Sarah was listening at the entrance to the tent, which was behind him. That shows me that y'all women ain't the first person to eavesdrop. She was eavesdropping way back then. <laughs> standing at the tent, and she was listening. But here, after they've been waiting 25 uh, years, or actually this would have been tw the 24th year, now there comes a promise with a time attached. Let's, let's continue to read verse 11. Abraham and Sarah were already very old, and Sarah was past the age of childbearing. I like how the Bible is real. It said they were already very old. Not just old, very old. but very old. They was past the time of childbearing. And excuse me for being so graphic but Abraham was shooting dust by this time he he had nothing left <laughs> old very old let's look at verse 12 so Sarah laughed to herself as she thought after I am worn out and my Lord is old will I now have this pleasure just like y'all laughing Sarah laughed but it was her first laugh and her laugh was a laugh of how in the world can this be? I don't know who these three folk are, but they done lost their natural mind. 
Now, they say Sarah was good looking. She might be saying, I know I look good and I know my black don't crack, but I'm older than what I look. And it ain't happening for me. This season of my life is over. And I don't know how many of y'all feel like it's over for me. You might be 75, but you might need to start looking at wedding dresses at 75 because when God turns stuff around, he turns stuff around. And you say, well, I'm too late, but he can give you the best 10 years of your life in the last years of your life. Never count God out because God is God. Let's continue to read it. And, and actually, I got ahead of myself just a little bit. The next verse, will, a couple verses will help us. Verse 12. So Sarah laughed to herself as she thought, after I am worn out and my Lord is old, will I now have this pleasure? All right, verse 13. Then the Lord said to Abraham, why did Sarah laugh and say, will I really have a child now that I am old? No, no, wait, wait one second. Now, Sarah was outside the tent eavesdropping, but she wasn't speaking until she laughed. But the Bible says she laughed to herself. So her laugh was not even an outside laugh or an audible laugh. It was just an inside laugh. But the Bible says the Lord. Now, here, let's put the, the verse up again. And let's, let's make it transparent so I can point out what I want to point out. Then the Lord, L-O-R-D again. That, so in other words, if nobody hears your laugh, Jehovah hears your laugh. And Jehovah knows when you're laughing because you don't think he can do what he promised. Let's look at verse 14. And this is the response that was asked. From the Lord. Read. Is anything too hard for the Lord? I will return to you at the appointed time next year, and Sarah will have a son. My God, if I was a Baptist preacher, I'd close right there and say, is there anything too hard for the Lord? I could preach right there because that's the question I hear God still asking us. Is there anything too hard? For the Lord. It might be too hard for the Republicans. It might be too hard for the Democrats. It might be too hard for the Baptists. And it might be too hard for the Pentecostals. It might be too hard for Andre. And it might be too hard for you. But I hear God saying, is there anything too hard for me? If I can put the sun in the sky. If I can put the moon in the sky. If I can put the stars in the sky. I can do whatever I want to do. When I want to do it and how I want to do it because I am God. I am the creator of the universe. I'm the CEO of life and I can do what I want to do, how I want to do it. And I'm asking you the same question. Is there anything too hard for the Lord? And then he says, I will return to you at the appointed time next year. And Sarah will have a son. And I like what I, I believe it was Sister Sharita said, of course not. And I'm here to let you know, I know I didn't said it over and over, but some of your stuff will come to pass. Your children will be saved. Your joy will return. Your health will come back. Your money will get fixed. Your life will turn around. Your mind will be fixed. Your addiction will die. 
not because I said it, but because is there anything too hard for the Lord? If it was left up to me, I can't do it. If it was left up to you, you can't do it. But we serve a God that can do anything. Mother Rachel asked the disciples who was crying at the cross, can God do anything? Because three days later, he got up out of the ground with all power in his hand. He still is able. He's still a miracle worker. He's still a way maker. He still sits on the throne and he's still God. Still God. Somebody say still God. Still God. All right, let's, let's look at subpoint number E. Say it this way. While waiting long for a promise, you can't forget that God is able to make the impossible possible. And sometimes the reason why he asks you to wait without asking you to wait, he don't really tell you you go away. But the reason why he asked you to wait is so things can be so impossible that you realize only God could have done it. As long as you thought your education could do it, as long as you thought your money could do it, as long as you thought your side hustle could do it, then God won't get the credit. But when you get back in a corner and you got nobody to lean on but God, you'll find out if God is all you got, God is all you need. Read verse 15. Sarah was afraid, so she lied and said, I did not laugh. But he said, yes, you did laugh. Yeah, yeah, you laugh. Yeah, you did, sweetheart. Yeah, you laugh. You, 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 you don't know who you're fooling with. I'm God. I know your deepest, darkest secrets and your deepest, darkest thoughts. So don't come to church and, and, and be lying, talking about I'm blessed and highly favored. How you doing, Sister Krista? I'm blessed and highly favored. Quit lying if you're broken and you, you're, you're broke, busted, and disgusted. Tell somebody, I'm broke, busted, and disgusted, but I came to church because I know God can turn it around. I don't feel blessed and highly favored. I don't feel like being here. I'm tired of Doug. I'm tired of Jaden. I'm tired of everybody. And I'm just picking on Krista because sometimes you can get in a situation where everything's going wrong, but you still come to church because your hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. I hope you don't come to see me. I like that you like me. I want you to love me. But don't come to church to see me. Come to church to see God. Because I can't do nothing for you. I can only point you to the one that can turn it all around in your favor. And when God does it, please don't say, Pastor Andre did. You can respect me. You can honor me. But I can't do nothing for you. All I can do is point you to God. So when God turns you around, thank me, but say, God did it. When God turns you around, thank General Motors, but say, God did it. Don't, don't give nobody the credit but God. But God, but God, but God. Let's, let's go back to the first last synonyms and let's bring that back up with this understanding. I'm going to read these again and put it in Sarah's understanding. So Sarah dismissed it. 
Sarah made a joke of it. Sarah made light of it. Sarah refused to acknowledge it. Sarah overlooked it. Sarah turned a blind eye to it. Sarah discounted it. Sarah ignored it. Sarah disregarded it. Sarah shrugged it off. Sarah brushed it aside and Sarah scoffed at it. Now, I'm not going to pick on you, but I'll just pick on me. Some of the things that God has promised me, Andre's done dismissed it. Andre done made a joke of it. Andre done made light of it. Andre done refused to acknowledge it. Andre done overlooked it. Andre done turned a blind eye to it. Andre done discounted it. Andre done ignored it. Andre done disregarded it. Andre done shrugged it off. Andre done brushed it aside. And Andre done scoffed at it. And the reason why he did all those things, because he forgot, is there anything too hard for the Lord? So let's put up our major point back up. This is how we're coming to a close. God is about to change your life. Now, previously when I've read this verse and seen this verse, not under or this not under the light of grace, I always assume that God was mad at Sarah for laughing. He never showed that he was mad. He just called it out. He, he, he never punished her. He, he never even mentioned the fact uh, that you were lying. Now, Ananias and Sapphira, they lied to the Holy Spirit and they dropped dead. Nothing happened to Sarah. God didn't really say anything. All he just said was, I will, you will have a child. So I'm here to let you know, you may be laughing in the first laugh, but I'm here to let you know God is so good, he ain't even listening at your first laugh because he got plans in his mind that's bigger than you, that's better than you. God going to bless you not because of you. He going to bless you so everybody around you that's laughing too go look and say, God is real. This is the Lord's doing, and it's marvelous in our eyes. We as a church, not Deliver Temple, but as the whole church, we've lost a lot of capital. In other words, when, when uh, Catholic uh, priests and bishops have molested little boys and girls, all the way down to many denominations. We talk about Catholic, but it's not just to point out them. It goes through all kinds of denominations. And we've done all kinds of crazy things in the name of religion. So out there... Sometimes the idea of church really don't look too great. The way it's going to change is not God's going to raise up some preacher who's going to preach a revival, which sometimes we think, but really all the preacher want to do is all the light spotlight to be on him. But what God's going to do, he's going to do miracles in the pews. See, because it's, see, there's some people that will never come in this building, but they know you. And they know what you've been through. And they know you should have quit. And when stuff start turning around in your life miraculously, you ain't got to invite them to church. They're going to start following you because they want to know how did you get this when you were there? How did this happen when in 2022 you were there? How are you here when you were there? And the only thing you will say, like the scripture says, this is the Lord's doing. And it's marvelous in our eyes. This ain't Deliverance Temple doing. This ain't the Catholics doing. This ain't the Pentecostals doing. This is the Lord's doing. And that's how the churches are going to fill back up. We won't have to invite people. When miracles break out in the world, folk are going to know God is real. So guess what? Your time is coming not because of you, because God's trying to get 
through you to your family. So God going to bless you, not just so you can be sipping Bahama Mamas in the Bahamas, but he going to bless you so you can show that even without a college degree, I can turn you around and prosper you and put you on the top instead of the bottom. When God get ready to do it, everybody will know this is the work of the Lord. Now we're skipping to Genesis 21, and it's from this chapter. We will close. Now this next verse Shows you just what I was saying. Read. Now the Lord was gracious to Sarah. He was what to Sarah? Gracious. What? Gracious. All right. The Bible just told us that she lied, but he didn't punish her. He gave her his grace. grace. Read it again. Now the Lord was gracious to Sarah as he had said. And the Lord did for Sarah what he had promised. Oh my goodness. I didn't plan on doing this, but go ahead and make it transparent. But, But if... If, if you could just do what I'm doing, I'm going to do it first, but I just seen something there. Now, the Lord was gracious to Andre, as he had said, and the Lord did for Andre what he had promised. I know we're talking about Sarah, but I just found a way to put myself in the scripture. And I'm going to do it again. But instead of saying my name and Sarah's name, how about you say your own name? So go ahead and make it solid and let's do it again. Now the Lord was, was gracious, gracious to Andre. As, as he had said. said. And the and Lord, Lord did for Andre what he promised. promised. You got to know it belongs to you. You got to call it out. I can't say it for you. You got to call it for yourself. God going to do what he promised and he going to do it for me. He going to do it in me. He going to do it around me. He going to do it through me because he's so big you can't get over him. He's so low you can't get under him. He's so wide you can't get around him. And when God gets in the blessing business, guess what? Everything connected to me about to get blessed. Everything connected to me about to get touched because God going to do just what he promised. Now, we, we got to come to a close, but if you done made up a promise, God ain't got to do that. I, I, I'll never forget my, my father talking about he would go to the, the prisons and the jails. And he went to prison to visit some young man. And he wanted my dad to help him get out of prison. And he was looked like he was going to be close. And my dad said, if you get out, what do you want to do? Trying to encourage him. My dad said, the man said, I want to be an astronaut. (laughs) Now, I know there's nothing too hard for the Lord. But brother, you 57 behind bars. Maybe you should be a little more realistic. So don't start putting stuff on God that you just made up in your head. But when God promised it. I'm not talking about some jack leg prophet that said if you pay him a thousand dollars, he'd give you a prophecy. I ain't talking about somebody who sold you miracle green water. I'm talking about when God said it. When God said it, he'll do just what he promised you. And I I gotta get us out of here, but part of our problem is many of us have forgot what he promised. So I would encourage you to have some type of journal somewhere. Put it by your bed. I heard a bishop say it this way. God is never required to repeat himself. So if he said it to you and you don't know he said it to you, that's on you, not him. 
But he's so gracious, he normally will say it again. But in these next days, he's going to remind you of what he's promised you. And I need you to jot it down and write it down and look back over. That way, when God does it, you can say, God did it. I didn't do it. God did it. God said it. And God did it. I'm not going to make up nothing. I'm not going to dream nothing. I'm going to let you say it. God, but when you say it, I'm looking for you to do it. All right, let's, let's look at verse 2. Sarah became pregnant and bore a son to Abraham in his old age. At the very time God had promised. Very him. time God had promised. Verse 21, we're going to do 3 and 5. Skipping over 4, we're doing 3 and 5. Abraham gave the name Isaac to the son Sarah bore him. I'll stop you right there. The name Isaac means laughter or he laughs. Read. Abraham was a hundred years old when his son Isaac was born to him. Now I told you the brother was shooting dust. Now they telling you right there. He was hundred years old. That means he was 99. So yes, it was impossible. Not just impossible, it was improbable. But the only difference was God promised it. And since God said it, God is required to do only what he says. And I don't care how old you are. I don't care how dumb you are. I don't care how broke you are. I don't care how sick you are. I don't care how hurt you are. If God said it, God can do it. Verse 6. Sarah said, God has brought me laughter, and everyone who hears about this will laugh with me. Hold on. The first time she laughed like the first laugh. But the second time she laughed and said, everybody go laugh with me. Let, let, let me bring back up the last laugh. Remember, the name is the last laugh. So she had a first laugh, but guess what? Now she got the last laugh. And so let's look at, well, before I do that, I wonder uh, how many people around her laughed at her, the older Abraham God. See, when Abraham was 27, they believed God with her. When Abraham was 37, they believed God with her. When he was 47, a whole bunch of folk dropped off. 57, maybe she had a few left. But by the time he was 78, 79, 88, I bet a bunch of folks said, Sarah, crazy. Abraham, crazy. I don't know why she mad at Hagar and Ishmael. She better just take Ishmael because that's all she going to get. I don't know who laughing at you. I don't know who talking about you. I don't know who hating on you. But guess what? You going to get the last laugh. The devil is laughing at you now, but you going to get the last laugh. The devil poking fun at you now. He see you crying, but you're going to get the last laugh. Now, what is the last laugh? Let's look at it uh, up again. Put those amu- uh, those uh, synonyms up again. Amusement. So I, I'm, I'm going to use my name, and for sake of time, I won't let you use yours. But Andre about to have some amusement. Andre about to have some entertainment. Andre about to have some humor, some mirth, some merriment. Some glee, some festivity, some lightheartedness, some fun, some enjoyment, some pleasure, some delight, and some joy. 
all at the hand of God. And guess what? Even if they legalize marijuana in Muncie, Indiana, or all Indiana, I won't need that to be happy. I'm happy right now because I know who I serve. I'm happy because of the God that I serve. I'm happy because I know who's on my side. So here's this as we close. I want you to say this with me. Repeat this after me and put it up. Lord, change my life. Say it again. Say, Lord, change my life. One more time. Lord, change my life. We got one more that I want us to repeat, but let's stand to our feet, though. Those of you who are out there on online land, go ahead and type it. Lord, change my life. But here's the next one we're going to confess. Lord, give me the last laugh. Lord, give me the last laugh. Lord, give me the last laugh. The last laugh. Let's bow our heads. Dear gracious Heavenly Father, we come to you humbly. But I know what you told me to tell them. But what they don't know is you spoke this word to me first for me. It wasn't even for them. Because there was some stuff that I had faced that had me bothered and irritated because it looked like things will never change. But you're letting me know and now telling me to tell them we about to get the last laugh because you're going to change us from the laugh of pain to the laugh of joy. But God, in the middle of it, we will still wait. We'll still honor. We'll still give. We'll still be kind. We'll still serve. We'll do whatever we can. Our attitude will stay right while we're waiting for you to give us the last laugh. Now, Father God, if there's anybody under the sound of my voice that doesn't know Jesus in the part of their sins, I'm praying that they don't have to repeat the words, but I'm just praying that you would save them. God, in the building, as well as through the airwaves and whoever will watch the rebroadcast, save them, God. And the backsliders, reclaim them, God. And all the people who have lost their sense of urgency, God, let them know this is the season that you are proving that there's nothing too hard for you. And we give you praise for it in Jesus' name. And let everybody say amen and amen. Ha, ha, ha. The last laugh is coming. God bless you all. You are dismissed.